0: And Welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana sanchez bouchon the Director of Music Ministries and your host for this podcast. This podcast was developed to discuss and share ways to plan worship using the Common Lectionary, while creating worship series that are engaging, relevant and adaptable for your church setting. However, during these unprecedented times of social distancing and leading online worship, we have endeavored to provide conversations that share the challenges of producing online worship and finding ways to help those worshiping with us to stay engaged and feel connected even from a distance. Today's episode is going to be a conversation with Chris Wilterdink, the Director of Young People's Ministries on the Congregational Vitality and Intentional Discipleship Team at Discipleship Ministries. We are recording this podcast from our homes as our offices are closed due to the coronavirus and Discipleship Ministries staff are working remotely. Welcome, Chris. It's good to have you here today. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Discipleship Ministries, and then tell us how your work has changed because of COVID-19?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Diana. Thanks for inviting me today. Uh, So as Director of Young People's Ministries, it is my uh, pleasure to support and challenge the United Methodist Church in their disciple-making processes for youth and young adults around the world. Um, So the shape that that takes is uh, a lot of relationships and resourcing and connections with adults who lead youth ministries, with adults who lead um, young adult ministries, sometimes directly with youth and young adult leaders themselves. Uh, We also connect with campus ministries, camp and retreat ministries, and basically anywhere that feeds a young person on their adolescent journey towards uh, spiritual maturity or spiritual adulthood we do our best to come alongside and um, fill in the gaps and provide resources that, you know, really help those primary disciple making arenas do their best work, whether that's a local church or an extension ministry or uh, any place like that. In That
0: sounds like a huge task <laughs> for you to do. And then now in this time and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about how you're doing things now.
1: Yeah. uh, So one of the things that we immediately changed, you mentioned that I'm on the Congregational Vitality and Intentional Discipleship team, uh, whose acronym is CVID, which when you write it out, looks a whole lot close to COVID-19. So like all of a sudden we are saying Congregational Vitality and Intentional Discipleship instead of CVID, because United Methodists like to make acronyms out of everything. Um, But yeah, so I have been working from home. We are recording this on April 16th, 2020. uh, And I have been working from home for nearly a month, uh, which has been uh, an interesting challenge. Uh, Although many of the people that I work with are, you know, spread around the country and around the world. So those who have been used to accessing, you know, meetings and documents online, have had a really easy transition into some things. Uh, Some of the more difficult pieces that we've been working through are, um, you know, helping people feel comfortable with online platforms for interaction Uh, in general. um, You know, our personal lives feel overwhelmed currently. Uh, And when your professional life all of a sudden is asking you to do things that you've never done before, like produce a worship service online or, host a small group online that can just add to that overwhelmed feeling so we've been trying to do some resourcing related to you know making online connections as simple and as clear as possible and then uh, myself along with Kevin Johnson who is our director of children's ministries uh, we've also been working on a set of um, guidelines for helping to meet safe sanctuaries recommendations when you're hosting online gatherings um, in general, people in the United Methodist Church and you know lots of churches around have been very, very good about adopting uh, risk reduce uh, risk reduction policies and child abuse prevention policies for in person meetings uh, and so just like so many other pieces, adapting those so that they uh, match what you do and what you can create online has been a real interesting challenge of late.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I hadn't even thought about adapting the safe sanctuaries, but that makes total sense. Um, I'd be interested to know what you think young people are experiencing during this time and how the uh, church community can help. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that, uh, that is a big question for everybody. Um, uh, so I'll make a couple of general statements, I think, and then we can see how specific you want to get. Um, generally, um, young people are taking this pretty well in stride. Um, some of that is because their age range is not in the highest risk of death category uh, for anything related to the pandemic. Um, and so they are not fighting many of the life and death battles or many of the economic battles that older people who are working or not working and have to engage in unemployment stuff uh, are working through. Uh, and at the same time, you know, some of them have their you know, first job, second job, those kinds of things. And they end up being essential workers. Like uh, picture yourself being a grocery bagger or a stocker uh, at a grocery store because you're 17 and you wanted to make um, some gas money or money for school supplies or trips or something. Um, and now all of a sudden you're an essential worker and you are, you know, kind of working in the risk, some of the riskiest places that you possibly could be. Um, so young people are finding themselves in a, a wide variety of different situations. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned the, um, the low uh, chance of death or mortality from the disease in young people. Um, and so there's a real interesting dynamic happening right now where uh, in general, young people are really lamenting the interruption of their sort of normal social calendar, right? This is in the spring of 2020. We would normally be getting ready to celebrate graduations. Uh, we would be celebrating uh, confirmation services in some churches. Um, high school students might be having proms. If you're a college student, uh, you might have senior recitals or senior projects or uh, dissertations that you don't get to defend. Uh, you didn't get to say goodbye to friends from school. And so there's this like sense of uh, you know, social things and uh, gosh, marks of just growing into adulthood that we're just missing right now, those rites of passage that we don't get to celebrate together. Uh, and so young people are having perhaps a difficult time because they're sad for that. And at the same time, they also realize that it's not a life for death thing. So how do young people bring up those conversations or the things that they might be struggling with, given that, you know, they recognize they're not going to necessarily die from this thing, but it sure does feel awful.
0: Well, what, what do you think churches are doing to address that? Because that is a, a, a great need. Um, I know my home church in Austin, um, they're really doing a good job of gathering people on Zoom calls, and they really have reached out to the college-age kids, like one of my daughters is one of those, and in ways they hadn't before. So this has been a, a new thing, um, and I, she is finding that to be very helpful.
1: Yeah, uh, Zoom and uh, other platforms have been really, really great for people who are comfortable with those technologies and have used those apps before. Um, there's an interesting challenge for um, you know, some smaller churches or young people that don't necessarily have access to great internet at home um, or the devices to, to access those apps and platforms. And so um, there, there's an interesting economic piece that's there as well. Uh, but yeah, there are churches who are doing great stuff in terms of setting up their uh, you know, weekly small groups or playing Zoom games together. Um, folks have been very generous um, from different companies providing lesson plans that are adaptable for online use, uh, as well as games and movies. Um, there's a, a new extension for Chrome that you can download called Netflix Party, which oh, right. allows you to sync up uh, you know watching a movie from a bunch of different devices and then chat in real time about it. Um, so I know several churches that have done like, uh, sort of movies with devotions and those kinds of things, um, groups who are, you know, already broken up into small groups and using accountability or small group check-in models of some kind, mm-hmm. you know, they're just continuing those online and those have been really, really fantastic.
0: That's great. I, I love hearing that because I, it is, this time is, uh, so ripe for innovation and finding new ways to connect with each other. But I think, you know, you really talked about something important and. it that's that not everyone has access, access to uh, computers, access to the Internet. I guess at the most they might have access to cell phones. And uh, so I think we, we really have to think about how to be connecting with those. I know there's some teachers, um, friends of mine who are uh, high school teachers who call every student. Uh, they don't just rely on the Internet. And um, so I, that extra effort, I think we have to always be thinking about that. Um, as church and how we uh, reach out to our people. Especially a couple of thoughts
1: I might toss in there as well is that, um, you know, sometimes young people can be the leaders in this area because mm. they are so much more comfortable with technology. Uh, if you are a senior pastor or, uh, you know, church staff or volunteer person who is not uh, that comfortable with technology or different platforms, Talk to the young people that are in your church and find out what they're using, and invite them to help teach you. It, it's a really cool kind of mentoring opportunity for young people to give back, uh, perhaps to older generations that are, you know, just now learning how to use some of these um, sort of cutting edge platforms or technologies. Uh, the other thing that I forgot to mention before that I would just be remiss if I didn't mention um, is, you know, for young people who struggle with uh, depression or feelings of isolation this current situation can really multiply those feelings and those senses. And so, you know, figuring out um, those youth that might be a little bit more introverted, well, and those who are extroverted for that matter, when you're taken out of your normal social structure and that group of people that care for you, um, having those daily or weekly or, you know, every two-week reminders to check in, just like you were saying, Diana, with phone calls, with a letter, Um, You know, having members from your congregation perhaps adopt a young person and each person takes a week of the month and they send them a note that week and that way the youth is going to get something four times a month um, is a great way to kind of combat some of those feelings of isolation and depression that might arise because of the social and physical distancing that everybody's experiencing.
0: Amen. Yeah. Well, let's turn our attention a, a little bit more towards worship and what you have going on at this time. Um, The springtime is uh, when we often focus on youth and young adults, and you mentioned some of that, because they're completing the school year, um, there's confirmation that wraps up usually around this time, and I'm wondering what you are encouraging churches to do in case we aren't able to gather for worship for a few more weeks
1: or months or, oh my gosh, like it just, you know, (laughs) like I I don't, I I hate to say that, but it is so weird being in this space where you just don't know how long it's going to go. Um, so for confirmation, what I have been encouraging people to do, because there are lots of churches that are on sort of like a spring confirmation schedule, um, is to go ahead and hold off on that confirmation service and that confirmation ceremony until you can do it on in person. There yes. is really something powerful about the laying on of hands and the recognition of mentors and friendships and relationships that have come about through the confirmation process, um, that it is genuinely important to celebrate a young person responding to their baptismal vows and becoming yes. a uh, member of the church by doing that in person. Um, that said, if you have completed your confirmation materials and you think that you can just not do anything for three months and then expect everybody to show up for confirmation service in like three months or four months and it'll just be all be great. Uh, I think that's a mistake. So figuring out a way to extend the conversations or the materials that you covered or do some review classes online, um, recovering confirmation materials would actually really be great because you wanna keep those relationships up, you wanna keep the learning up, you wanna keep the engagement up uh, as you prepare for that eventual in-person confirmation ceremony. Uh, senior graduations it's a great time to somehow invite a young person or a graduating senior to you know record a two minute video on their phone and send it to your worship team for inclusion in a worship service so that they can perhaps give a bit of a testimony uh, or share stories about you know how they have come to grow up and be connected to the church and how glad they are for the relationships in the church that are launching them into that thing that, that comes next. Um, I think that young people by default are very hopeful um, and are already looking to you know, what is going to be after our current reality. And I, I love working with young people for that very reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so inviting young people into your worship services with recorded videos or liturgy or you know, different pieces that talk about that hope or that thing that is to come Um, because for them, you know, they're experiencing this during formative years in their lives. Um, And so they will take the lessons and the relationships that they have now well into the future. Um, So giving them the chance to talk back to the church is really great. Um, In terms of things that we're developing, uh, I know that the worship team at Discipleship Ministries does an incredible job of getting out um, series and resources for church leaders to plan worship services. And we really work hard to create youth versions of those services. And actually starting with this set here that's available now after Easter, uh, we have, um, they were originally written for in-person gatherings. And we've asked all of our writers to create online modifications as well uh, so that the youth worship materials could be uh, easily modified and used online as well. And those complement the series and the themes that Discipleship Ministries uh, in general publishes. And I think they're really, really great resources to use. Uh, I also have a couple of friends from several annual conferences. And we're working on a very basic uh, Youth Sunday package um, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, we want to really encourage hope and youth voices to be lifted up in worship. Uh, And two, I know that pastors and worship planners always appreciate a week off and perhaps more so because they're feeling overwhelmed and stressed with technology right now. Um, So if we can put together a a small package that encourages youth to be able to um, sort of take over or, you know, solidly undergird a worship service for a weekend, it might ease the burden of planning on uh, those who are trying to figure out this online worship piece uh, at such a rapid pace right now.
0: I think those are great ideas. I I always remember Youth Sunday at our church was so dynamic. And of course, um, when you invite youth to uh, be in leadership, they bring more people and friends and family, and it, it's just such a, a neat time. Um, yeah, in terms of the confirmation waiting, as you were saying, it makes me think about the interviews that often happen between pastors or worship or uh, church leaders and the confirmands that maybe in this time the tables can be turned and the confirmants can do some interviews on their own and um, e- and then talk about that in a small group setting. Um, I know also that there's these extended conversations like you were saying with different people from the church that uh, that can happen rather than having a lesson. So those are really awesome. And then I w- wanted to say one other thing too in terms of Youth Sunday or having the youth involved in the leadership of the different elements of worship, um, one of the greatest ways for people to be involved of course, is in the music and youth seem to um, have a great penchant for being able to sing and play the guitar or sing and play the piano or or just um, you know those recitals that didn't get done like you were saying those spring recitals it's great to uh, record those and then um, put those as part of a worship service the offertory or the, the prelude or postlude sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I think we, we don't ask them enough to be involved in the service. And what we do is such a gift and it's so exciting to have them as part of that.
1: It's really an interesting dynamic as well um, because this virtual part is not going to go away mm-hmm. once we can be back in person, right? The lessons right. that we're picking up now, um, being able to invite people to worship online Uh, really should stick you know for worship planners in the near future where yes you can do it in person but we figured out these great ways for people to connect online and participate from wherever they are so if a church has college students that are in other places and they can provide an audio recording or a video recording of them playing or singing or those pieces it's a tremendous way to be able to stay connected that's a great idea
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, we were doing um, online worship or live streaming at one dimensional, and all of a sudden it's broken open and it can be multidimensional. And that's really so exciting. Well, I want to ask you one more thing. Um, what, What project or resource creation will you look forward to creating after this pandemic clears, whenever that is? How do you think this social distancing experience has opened your eyes in new ways to the needs of today's youth. So actually those are two questions. What are you looking forward to after this clears and how has this social distancing opened your eyes to new uh, ways uh, to the needs of today's youth and young adults?
1: Okay. Uh, Well, there's a couple of things to really be excited about. Um, One of them is we are dangerously close to finally publishing this resource called uh, true colors. Uh, and it stands for, oh gosh, theological reflection, understanding God's world. Um, anyway, TRU, it's an acronym, true colors. And it is, um, it's a piece designed for, uh, older high school youth and younger college students who are considering their calling and their vocation, whether that's into ordained ministry or lay ministry. Um, we really want to be able to support people in doing good things for the world uh, in whatever shape that looks like, right? And I think that this experience is giving people the freedom to think very creatively about the world that is to come because the way it was seems to be the way that it won't be for a while. Uh, Hmm. And so uh, people are, young people particularly, are still really excited about living lives of meaning and figuring out what their calling and their vocation is and being able to link up their faith life with whatever it is that they end up doing um, for social good or for making money um, in the traditional structure of the church or not. So I'm really excited to finally get that thing published. And uh, I'm actually hoping that we'll get it done before all of the pandemic stuff gets released. Um, It will be awesome to, again, gather in person. One of the events that I get to plan is the Global Young People's Convocation and Legislative Assembly. Uh, And normally that happens every four years. We would come up, Uh, due in 2022 to host that event again. And that's a global gathering of young people and their leaders, and it is just awesome to see the exchanges that happen there. Um, Given the delays to general conference and jurisdictional and central conferences, uh, we still have to see if that will happen in 2022 or not, or if we have to be creative with how that gathering happens. Um, Mm. But I'm excited to kind of rise and meet that challenge. Uh, In terms of the question related to what I've learned about Uh, young people are their needs because of this response Um, is just how very important words are uh, and how important relationships are. Uh, The phrase social distancing is very, very interesting because really we're encouraging physical distancing, right? right? We don't want you to be within six feet of somebody else. Socially, we want you to be plugged in and talking and spending God knows how many hours on Zoom, like I've done the last three <laughs> weeks, um, and so it's not it, it's not that we're necessarily any more socially distant, um, but that physical distance piece and the importance of touch, um, whether that is you know laying on of hands for prayer uh, or the awkward side hugs that a youth minister can give to youth in their youth group or a frame hugs or whatever they use, right? Um, goofy high fives or being able to kick. Um, kick feet, uh, playing really physical games at a youth group or something like that. People really, really miss those things. Um, And so one little piece of encouragement I I would try to give to people is to think about hearing as being uh, like the sense of touch from a distance. And you know, as somebody that sings Diana, I I think that you'll get this metaphor pretty well, right? Because uh, when I'm talking, I am pushing air through my vocal cords, which is a physical movement. And then I am physically pushing air and the air that gets pushed then is hitting against your eardrums and little bones in there connect. And that's how your brain gets sound. Um, and so really hearing is like a sense of touch from wherever we are. So if I could encourage young people to think about the words that they hear uh, or when they're praying and they're listening for uh, the Holy Spirit or for God to talk to them, to think about the, the auditory experiences that they have um, as kind of a supplement for that physical touch that they don't get right now.
0: I love that. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to spend a little time this morning talking with me about um, youth and young adult ministry and what you're thinking about and, and um, where we're going with all of this and looking forward into this new normal that we're all going toward. Um, It's exciting. It's scary. It's uncertain. It's all of those things. But of course we always know that no matter where we're led, God is there before us. And thank God for that. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. And we hope that this has been a helpful, as helpful to you as it's been to us in our conversation with one another. Remember that you can find more information on our website at umcdiscipleship.org. And until next time, we'll be praying for you and with you and your congregation. And may God continue to bless your ministry. As you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.